the Five Things Podcast, where we talk about five things. Uh, this episode is the five games we spent too much time playing, and I don't know about you, I had way more than five. Had to whittle it I down. I had to cut down. Yeah. I had to cut down to just five. I actually cheated, as you'll see in one slide, because I couldn't do just, just five, and I could have done 30. I, I also cheated. Um, if you've been paying any amount of attention, you can probably guess which thing I cheated on to, to do. But I did also do that because, yeah. It, yeah, I, there are certain series like you could pick one game out of that series and it would probably still count. But like, ultimately, you should just count the whole thing. You know what I mean? Uh, based on what you're saying, I cheated in several ways, but we'll, we'll see how it it's goes. fine. It's not cheating. There's no rules. It's literally just us talking about video we games. Made it up. We, yeah. we decide our things. It's fine. And we've only ever had rules once, and it was for the very first episode, and that was just no die hard. Yeah, it was a good rule. And it's a rule we've continued to follow. Die hard yet to show up on a list. Yeah. We'll just make that the theme of the podcast. It's die hard. We're changing hard. the name. It's just called No Die Hard. I dig it. All right. Rock, paper, scissors. Did you figure out something for um, this week? I don't know. I I feel like we probably should have planned ahead and found some weird, like, Flash game to play against each other in. Oh, I, ooh, hold on. That'll be my project for next time. Um, So you looked at all of your numbers. You know the, like, the length of the games you played. I do, yes. Okay. Vaguely. The victor shall be who has the most amount of time into the one thing on their list. Okay, my my top thing, and it's a it's a guess, is five hundred plus hours. Oh, I already beat you. That's fine. I figured. I, I assume with TF two alone, you beat me because you have like thousands of hours in TF two. I I certainly do. Um, okay, so you going you going first or second? I'm gonna go first, and we're gonna see. I might have to like edit this later. But I'm gonna see if I can do the voice. Number. Yeah, there it is. Is that? No, it's no, no. That's echo voice. Hold on. Hello. Yeah. There we go. Number five. That's fun. Oh, it's so sultry. <laughs> I just, I love it so much. Yeah, no. Number five is one hundred percent Team Fortress too. Um, there's absolutely this should be number one just purely from an hour spent perspective. Um, but I feel like when you're doing a five things, I think your number five and your number one need to be the most dramatic. And this is definitely the most dramatic for me. Um, I was I was about to look it up to win um, our contest here, and I know that it's way more than 500 hours. It is 1,113.7 hours of Team Fortress 2 that I have. It spells... Well, no, it doesn't. Uh... So yeah, that's a lot. Fun fact: uh, nine hundred of those are from one year. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I played so like um, actually um, our, our our friend that we do improv with, uh, the one the only Chuddy, uh, got me into this game. The man, the myth, the legend. Indeed, happy birthday to him as well. Yeah, happy birthday, Chuddy. Happy birthday, Chuddy. Um, I saw him playing it. We were in college, and I saw him. I was like, what's this? And he told me about it, and I had a Mac, so I couldn't play it. I had, like, a MacBook, right? So I would play on, like, our other friend's computer. I would, like, just go into his room and sit at his desk and play it. And then when I graduated college, I, like, joined a team and played in, like, a UGC Steel, like, super low-level beer league, TF2 league, and took it way too serious. Um... Play demo man. I had to practice my rollouts in the morning. I'd go to work. I'd come home from work. I'd practice more rollouts, and we would scrim like four days a week. We had this dude from, I think Brazil. He like barely spoke English. We found him on some forum, and he was an absolute god on Scout. And like we sucked. Like we would get wiped, and then he would just come out of nowhere and would just like one v six, and cap a point. It was hilarious. Like, he eventually quit. He eventually was like, I'm going to not do this anymore because it's kind of silly that I can just roll people. And we were like, yeah, that's that's fair. But uh, super fun. Um, absolutely love this game. It's the travesty that it has, it has died. 
Um, a game that is not on this list because it felt unfair to have both of them on here is Overwatch, which kind of replaced it. And I do also love Overwatch. But yeah. Uh, Over Overwatch was almost on my list, and I had 131 hours in Overwatch, which was lower than I expected, honestly. I have significant... 100 hours is not enough hours to make my list. Hmm. I don't think... Like, looking at my list right now, I think the lowest amount of time is probably... Probably still close to 300. Jeez. Yeah. I have fallen down a rabbit hole or two when it comes to video games. But TF2 is amazing. You can still play it. It is free. We might even play it on stream at some point, just because it's like a fun thing to let your viewers do with you. Check it out. This game is still amazing. TF2 is my number five. I'd be down. We have someone in chat, General Checkmate, which is a friend of mine, says you can play anything on a MacBook, which is true now. You can play TF2 on a MacBook. And I only know that because a friend of mine was obsessed with TF2 when we were in college, like my sophomore year, and he went on a whole diatribe for about an hour about how TF2, if you bought it for Mac, when you still had to pay for it for Mac, you would get uh, Apple, like, ear pods. You get buds. The wired kind. Yeah, yeah, buds. And those buds, when we were in college, they didn't, they only made them if you, it was only if you bought the game for Mac for a very short period of time, were worth so much money on the Team Fortress 2 store that you could theoretically trade them into more and more powerful things on the Steam store and make like thousands of dollars and it wrecked the entire TF2 economy for like a year and a half or something. Oh yeah. Does that sound familiar to you? No, no, no. I, was, I was actually about to mention. So like I, I had like um, my Mac laptop didn't have a graphics card that could render 3D graphics. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, like it just, it was like an OG MacBook. That's why I couldn't play. It ran on Mac. Had I had, like, a desktop that could have run TF2, I would have gotten Buds, and Buds became, like, this weird gold standard in the TF2 market because of how expensive they became because they were so rare. Like, I should have bought TF2 for a Mac I couldn't play it on just to get those Buds because, like, yeah, like, the real-world currency was in, like, hundreds of dollars, if not more. Yeah. I know he had some crackpot scheme where if you had a pair of buds, you could somehow trade them through a certain line of like trades that were open and make a thousand and some dollars. I one hundred percent believe it. There were people that were like scamming other people out of like rare hats. Like you get unusual hats if you open like crates with like keys you had to pay money for, and then selling them for like hundreds of dollars a piece. Like there's like some sixteen year old who had like a Steam wallet that was worth like thousands of dollars on stuff he had scammed off people who didn't know any better it's nutty i i love a good economy as well i think that's part of what kept me in tf2 is the gameplay is great and i just love like it's it's a stock market it's just robin hood exists because of team fortress 2 and 4chan but you know wall street bets on reddit as well shout out to games it's all the same kids they've just gotten slightly older uh, so my number five is Time Splitters 2, or just Time Splitters the series. I actually, so I added this one because even though it isn't, it isn't as high as some other ones I had on Steam and on my old PS3, uh, or even on my Switch, but I thought it was fun that it tracked how long you had spent playing the game, even back on the GameCube. So I popped my memory card in my GameCube, fired up the game, got on my user profile, and I had 76 hours, 23 minutes. Uh, which in Time Splitters it actually says days, hours, minutes when you open it up. So three days, four hours, and 23 minutes spent playing this game, which is low. Uh, and it is, it, I know it's actually low because when I was in middle school, I got a Wii when they first came out. And when I got the Wii, I was forced to give my GameCube to my little sister, and she overwrote all of my memory cards. But then I still wanted to play Time Splitters with my friend on my Wii because you could do that so I re I bought or I got my original memory card back from her that had like and Danny's seen it it's got like my address like from Greenfield Indiana with my parents in like third grade handwriting um and popped it into my Wii and we played Time Splitters on it well into when I ended up getting a PS3 we would still go back and play it sometimes so this is just the second set of hours I put into this game under my name I mean we put almost 12 hours into it last week so yeah it was a lot of fun that's a great time um yeah. yeah no it's a it's a it's a great game we might see it again 
I'd love to. I'd love to put it up on stream sometime. Uh, I know you because we have that capture card, and you can get a Wii, and you can feed a Wii through a capture card. So. Yeah. Oh, we might see it again, literally, like today. Yeah, my, it may. Of, nice. of course, it's going to be on my list. We put twelve hours into it last week. <laughs> last weekend, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I also played Future Perf. I've never played the original one because it's hard to find, and it's only on PS2, if I recall correctly. Uh, I've also played Future Perfect, which is the third one, on my buddy's PS2 growing up, and I have no idea how many hours we put into that game, because we beat the story mode multiple times on every difficulty, and a lot of the arcade. It was a much easier game than Time Splitters 2, just in general. But that's my number five. All right. Do the voice. I'm, Do I'm, the I'm, voice. I'm gonna, if you don't interrupt me. Number four. It's like the first sip of a beer. My number four is also Time Splitters 2. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> I legitimately tried to place this so that it wouldn't be immediately after yours, and I have failed entirely. Um, this... I'm trying to think. So, I my PlayStation 2 is at my parents' house. I, I, I wasn't driving to my folks just to figure out how many hours I have, but like we're talking about a game that my friends and I would play twice a week for four hours five hours every week for like a year on top of all the time I put into it when I was like just get home from school and just play time splitters on top of like later as a you know adults going back and playing it because we used to play it when we were kids like every like even like in college like every college break we'd hang out in my parents' basement and play Time Splitters and just drink beer instead of, you know, like a bunch of Mountain Dew or whatever. Um, I love this game. I have so much time in this game. I still have everything unlocked. This game gets really, really, really hard. Like, I have... It is one of the hardest games I've ever played on the harder, like, challenge maps and stuff. Yeah, like, trying to unlock characters in arcade. Like, I remember I got... I think it was, like, like the hand guy... I spent like hours because you, you, you have to play it. You, you play as a duck with two Tommy guns and you have to kill a certain amount of hand shaped beings in like a certain amount of time. And it's so hard because you have to like get them to spawn in the right place because they just like, you just don't have enough time to kill them all. Like it's, it's crazy, but I love this game. Uh, Monkey with a minigun is still like a dumb inside joke between myself and some of my friends. Uh, that's like the best is the monkey assist because you can give the monkey miniguns and just like five monkeys just spawn and just like mow down everybody. The best gun to give the monkey is the proximity mines. Oh, yeah. Because then it's just a it's dance of death across <laughs> the entire map for everybody involved. They just throw them everywhere. Um. So, yeah, this is... What like arguably one of the best shooters that isn't like competitive like esports I feel is kind of like screwed up the best shooter conversation because we've sort of turned them into like a formula but man I I absolutely love this game and if I had the time and the know-how this is the kind of thing that I would sit in like Source Engine or like Unity or something and just remake like oh, yeah there's a team that's doing that but evidently the guy that's in charge of it is a perfectionist or a dick or any other number of words you can talk about somebody who's in charge of a fan project uh and so it's very slow going because he doesn't want to let a lot of people help out on it uh you can read about it if you'd like but one of the big complaints is evidently the level design does not work out very well on modern for a modern shooter because there's just so many ways you can cheat the system because it's meant for a total of four people to play tops of human beings not 16 which is as many players as the game can handle, you know? Yeah. Hmm. But, yeah. It's probably the shooter I've had the most fun playing over the course of my life. Like, for certain. Like, I play... I, I When I first moved in with Tony and Tannen, uh, when I graduated college, I dug... I played my game... Got my GameCube out, hooked it up for the first time in, like, a couple of years, and showed them how to play it. And, of course, they sucked at it at first, because the controls are a little wonky in comparison to modern shooters, especially on a GameCube pad. But they got the hang of it pretty quick, and we played for a couple of hours. Like it was a game; it was that good of a game. Still, that yeah. two people who never played it had no nostalgia for it. Picked it up and played it for a couple of hours, and looked at me and were like, "Oh, we should be doing other things right now." Oh, it's great. Also, really quick, 
Thank you for the follow, Lieutenant Tack. We really appreciate it. Hell yeah. Appreciate it a lot. All right. My number four is two games because I am a dirty cheater. I mean, they're almost uh, the same game. so that, Yeah, that's why I added them. So in The Binding of Isaac, according to Steam, I have 203 hours, but that is not correct. And according to Steam, I have 260 almost hours in Enter the Gungeon. Enter the Gungeon seems high to me. I feel like maybe I left the game paused or something. For 100 hours? Yeah, no. Um, but maybe not. Because that, that, that game, I've played it since I was a junior in college, I think. Enter the Gungeon just as the game I would play before I got on to play other games with friends or if I was in between classes or like before going to a shift at the at work, I would play like, you know, two, three rounds. They last 30-ish minutes. Um, Binding of Isaac should be a much higher number, but I played a ton of it on my old laptop before I built my first desktop. And I did not have the thing hooked up to the internet very, very often because just using the internet would cause a noticeable slowdown on any and all games. Like, I would hook it up via HDMI to my friend's TV my freshman, between my freshman year of college and senior year of high school. We'd hook it up in his living room. We'd all take turns playing it offline because I just didn't hook it up to the Wi-Fi when we were there. And we one of us would look up, like, the different items and what they would do because when the game first came out, the first version of it was completely different, but when the game first came out in its remade version, there were a lot of items that were just terrible and if you picked up would basically cause you to die. And there were some items that if you happened to get them would just let you win the game automatically. But it's hard to tell and they don't tell you what any of the items are. You just have to figure it out. Uh, this is... The Binding of Isaac is one of my favorite games of all time for that reason. Enter the Gungeon I also really enjoy as is evidenced by the amount of hours I put into it. But if you had to ask me which one I like more, definitely The Binding of Isaac. I mean, I, I still play the game. I, I like it so much that uh, I went... I did this for Gen Con uh, two years, actually. It should pop up. <laughs> we have to hydrate real quick. Oh, do we? You have water. Did the image I put, I just, did the image work that I, uh... I think, just drag it over in front of your, uh... I did. Uh... But it's not popping up. Oh, there it goes. No. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, General che General Checkmate knows what's about to happen, so. Yeah. I thought I put a limit That's me. on the number of times you can claim hydrate, but I'll do it again. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I've i never actually seen this picture of you before. I knew that it existed. Now that I've seen it, I, uh, you know, I, I pined for an older time in my life, I think, where this did exist. You're welcome, exist. General Checkmate. <laughs> Uh, General Checkmate saw this in person, this exact picture being taken. So what what's happened in this picture is, because this was a skin-tight suit, uh, hydrate again, Be uh, because this was a skin-tight suit, you could see everything. So to try and stop that, I put like a tube sock down there, uh, and by the end of the second day of Gen Con, the tube, it was like super hot out mm -hmm. in a skin-tight suit, the tube sock was not holding up very well and it had moved a little further down than it originally was so not only was it not hiding any of the thing it was supposed to be hiding it also looked like i had a disgusting growth coming out of the bottom of my groin you know it's uh it, it, it's an art form to to stuff appropriately it, like yeah if you learn anything from spinal tap you, you've got to really be on your game otherwise uh, it becomes an issue I did get all of the attention from the soccer moms because the first day I didn't put anything down there because I just didn't think about it and I also didn't wear underwear underneath because I also because well I noticed that the lines broke up the costume because this is from like the second or third day and uh, yeah I got a lot of a lot got a lot of stares and I was like I wonder why and then I figured it out pretty quickly. Getting real risque for Jenka. <laughs> yeah, um, <clears throat> there's a couple of pictures of it. I couldn't find them. There were pictures of it on my Facebook at one point of me, like, at my parents' house when I'm not wearing any boxers and I don't have, like, the weird stuffed thing and you can't see my junk uh, where the costume looks actually really good. But this was, like I said, day two or three this picture was taken. The skin-colored suit had started to just pick up a lot of, like, gray Gen Con dust. The fingers were discolored. The feet from being in the shoes, because you obviously had to wear shoes, were, like, black almost. Yeah. Uh, so it's starting to look pretty worse for wear in this picture. I believe it. 
When I moved out of uh, 1229 Pleasant Street, I got rid of that hat, helmet because it finally started to break apart. The head is a bicycle. Is a So it was a one of those balls you can buy at Walmart for like two bucks. It's like three times the size of a basketball, and it's just cheap rubber. And I coated that in expanding foam. I then popped the ball, and then I wrapped the, the expanding foam in masking, like medical masking tape, basically, to get a paintable surface. Um, carved a hole in the ball where I wanted to put my head in, mounted using super glue a bicycle helmet that I bought at Goodwill inside the head, and then I cut the hole out for the mouth, which is where I look out of, and then I painted all of that by hand. Yeah, that's a, yeah, well, a lot. I always assumed it was just paper mache, but way more going on there. Yeah, it held up for, I mean, that was, what, 2015, I think this picture was taken in, and it held up till 2020 was when I moved out. I mean, the fact that it made it through Gen Con is impressive. Yeah, honestly, I made it through two Gen Cons, and some poor garbage man had to, uh, had to see it dumping out of the trash can and into their garbage truck at some point. Probably had nightmares for a week. So, but that's how much I love this game, man. That's my number four, baby. I, I tell you what, I have not dressed up as any of the characters in any of my games. So, you you definitely win the uh, the commitment. <laughs> Dedicate, baby. All right, is this number three? Mm-hmm. Number three. Uh, my number three is Portal 2. So here's the thing with Portal 2. Uh, this is not my first attempt at trying to stream on Twitch. I so foolishly thought to myself that certainly I will figure out how to speedrun this game. Because my buddy was playing Portal 1, who also streams. Shout out to K Knight. Um, and I was like, We've got the 24-hour Extra Life Marathon coming on. Let's build some hype. Let's have a Portal 2 race. He was going to memorize the game. I was going to learn how to speed run it, and we were going to see who would win, right? Just like a speed run, the conventional playthrough thing. And I played this game every day for weeks, trying to figure out how, like, because like, I had like a speed run like, YouTube tutorial, and I would just like, but the thing is, speedruns, when you watch GDQ, I love GDQ, it all looks so easy. They're just like, ah, you run to this wall and like you jump a bunch and then you clip through and then you go to the end of the game and you win. That That's really hard, it turns out. That's really hard to do. Um, but I probably put, I guess I can look it up. Um, I had the amount of time it takes to beat the game and then I put like an absurd amount of time trying to figure out how to speed run it. Yeah, I went from like, I think you can beat this game in like six hours or something like that. And then mm -hmm. I put another 70 on top of it over the course of like a month. Damn, dude. Uh, Checkmate here went, in, went as Chell one year to Gen Con. There you go. Yeah. So we got, we got fans of the game. I have never played Portal 2. I've played the original one. Okay. I've never beaten it. Um, that will be another... Uh, all right, so new Five Things Podcast drinking game. Every time we mention a thing we're going to do in the future. Uh, yeah. There's, Everybody has to hydrate. There's a solid uh, co-op campaign for Portal 2. Um, that would be a fun thing to do for sure. Nice. Yeah, we should, we should definitely do that. I have never played it because I historically do not like uh, puzzle games. So, I mean, see how it goes. It's a puzzle game, but it's not like not not a puzzle game, but it's not really a puzzle game. Like none of the puzzles are particularly difficult. It's fun. It's more exploratory yeah. than like puzzly. We'll play it. I I'm excited to play it. It's one of the games I've always meant to play. I just never, never did, because instead I was putting hundreds of hours into the games we're about to see. I mean, I only played a bunch because I tried to figure out how to, like, speed run it. But it's a fun game to speed run. I, I got my ass kicked. I ended up losing by a lot. Um, Kay and I memorized the game faster than I could figure out how to break it. And it ended up stomping on me. But, like, the first <laughs> half, I wish we had the VOD. 
because like I was like yelling out what like chapter I was on as I was going and I was like chapter seven and he was like what I'm on chapter two how did you do that <laughs> and then like I just got to a part that I hadn't practiced very much and I just got stuck and I was like I have to solve this conventionally and I have no idea how to do that I only know how to beat this level by like bouncing off this tube a hundred times to get to the top of it which you're not supposed to be able to do um but it's fine it worked out it was for charity but that is my number three number three all right my number three it's probably the most boring game on this list honestly player unknowns battlegrounds i had always wanted to play a uh what do you, what do you call those types of games i don't know why i'm spacing the name now of all times um but I'd always, wanted, I'd always yeah i'd always wanted to play a battle royale game and at the time that because PUBG came out before Fortnite, at the time your options were Daisy Battle Royale, and uh, was Daisy Battle Royale, and there was another one I can't remember that was the the mod of Arma were the only like two major ones, and then another one came out but it was terrible. And by the time that I was like I really want to get into a battle royale game, they'd all been out for a couple of years, and trying to join a battle royale game after it's been out for a couple of years is the worst imaginable thing because oh, until very did, did, recently did you not do well did you not do well no no, no. did you get beat did you die a lot, a lot hard yeah <laughs> over and over again until recently they just didn't have matchmaking i think PUBG kind of has matchmaking now and i know it does on the console versions i'm not sure if it does on pc and fortnite i'm sure has matchmaking at this point but the older ones did not. It was just a game that only, you know, a couple thousand people through playing it for two or three years played all of these weird Battle Royale games. And you just got thrown into the mix as somebody who wasn't really sure on the controls yet against people that had played for thousands of hours. So when PUBG was announced, I was like, I might play that game. I don't know. Maybe I'll play that game. Yeah, I'm going to buy it. I bought it the day it came out after it got its first set of reviews. Because at the time I had a 1070 uh, GTX uh graphics card and which is a which was really great at the time and everybody was like you can't play this game unless you have one of the top three graphics cards and i was like i do nice really pubg um, was like that what's that pubg was like that oh yeah pubg was unrunnable in its first like three or four months even after its official release because that's when i started playing it was its official like it's no longer in steam green light release in, in 2018 is that because it was built by one guy uh, it was built by more than one guy. He built the he built the mod for I think he built the mod for DayZ. That was the most popular one before that. He built it with like a team of like eight people or something, which still not a lot of people for a game. I mean, like, his... but no, it was just terribly optimized. And then it's a battle royale game where you had a hundred people. I think DayZ at the time the max you could do was like thirty something. It was either thirty two or sixty four. I can't remember, and I don't remember how many it was. I think Arma you could do a hundred, but it was on Arma two, which was like a ten year old game at that point. So it wasn't very like heavily taxing on a PC or a server to run it just because there was so much less going on from a graphical perspective. Versus PUBG, when it first came out, wasn't a bad-looking game. It wasn't anything like a modern Call of Duty title, but it was good, especially in comparison to its competitors. But yeah, so I got into it. Uh, at one point, I was in the top 50 people in duos in, in the world, uh, for a month or two, which at the time the top standings meant nothing because they reset them every like couple of weeks and nobody really understood how they decided who was in the top whatever. They didn't really standardize what put you in what positions until like two years in. I played it for 225 hours. I would get off of, I would get done with classes. Uh, Tony would get off of work. Tannen would get off of work. They were both out of college by that point. And we would just play till we went to bed or until I had to go to work at the brewery that I worked at if I was working a later shift. Every day after class from, like, I think it came out in December of 2018 until I graduated from college. And then we still played it for a while after I graduated. We did we played it so much that for a long time we had a role play going in it where uh, Tannen was the general commander of our military group. I was the first, I was a corporal, and Tony was the new private uh, we all had our own personal lives we would talk about when we were going through and clearing buildings. Tony's uh, Tony had been on deployment for two years. His wife had recently had his firstborn child. 
uh, who is now three months old and named after her best friend back home, even though he hadn't been home for two years. It was there was a whole whole deal. Super cool. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's what it's a. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Tell the ladies that at bars. And they're like, What's that? You tell the ladies that at bars. Like, oh, take me home. Tell me more take about me how you role played on PUBG. <laughs> Like it's it's not a it's it's it is the epitome of a game I spent too much time playing. Like there are so many better games, there are so many better things I could have been doing with my time. Every other game on this list, I think I enjoyed the amount of time I put into it. This one's eh, kind of up there. I feel yeah. My Portal Two is like that for me. Like I said at the top of this, I think I had over a hundred hours on everything, only to realize I only had seventy five on Portal Two, and I thought it was so much more than that. So I, I I get it. But yeah. All right. All right. Number two. I love it every time it happens. Tony Hawk Pro Skater Underground, the first one. Listen, y'all. There is this thing for the PlayStation Two called a network adapter, and I got one. I was one of like six people to own one of these things. I played so much Tony Hawk. I ran my own Tony Hawk guild. I had people with gamer tags. There were auditions. You had to play Tony Hawk and like score a certain amount of points in like a single combo to get to be a part of my little Tony Hawk underground club on the internet. It was like a whole thing. Um, I played this every day after school for like, I don't even know how long, just like sitting online and just like there's a certain route if you play on the moscow level where you get special you go up and you can like grind up and down the roof and then go around um uh st petersburg yes yes we were into this last time and you said the wrong one now i'm afraid i'm yeah, gonna I say did. the wrong one uh and then you can do that you ride the tank you go on stalin's grave and then you can drop down and do the whole thing again in a big loop so, like, the big thing was you would do, like, a 30-second round. Everybody would start going, and you just have to just do crazy combos the whole time. Uh, I love this game. I played this game so much. I've beaten it multiple times. Uh, I ruined this game because I couldn't play with my friends anymore because I would always just win by, like, noticeable yes. margins every single time. To put it into perspective, Danny hadn't played this game for several years. I brought it over on my GameCube a month or two back. <laughs> uh, Drusif has said in chat that I missed Sonic Adventure Battle 2, specifically the Chow mode, which is a good thing that should have been on this list. You missed the beginning of this, where we said that this list could have been 30 games for each of us, and that I admitted to cheating on several different spots because of that. But yeah, it's Sonic Adventure Battle 2 Chow mode, specifically the level where you play as Knuckles in the Halloween zone, so you can get the little skull dog the dog that wears a skull because if you give that to your child then your child can wear helmets i must have played that level a hundred times and it's not a fun level it is one of the worst levels in that game but it's the only one where you can get the, the little animal you have to give your child to let them wear helmets back to tony hawk i mean <laughs> i mean who who doesn't know that right like such a <laughs> common thing that, I mean, it's just gamer knowledge in general right it's konami code and the the little dog you have to give your chow so it can wear helmets anybody who played sonic rich Battle 2 and raised their chow knows that there is going to be like several people that listen to this podcast eventually there are, that are i'm going to go into that diatribe and they're just gonna scream dozens of us dozens <laughs> uh but yeah so danny i brought this over and in a in a way that i've only ever seen somebody edit the controls on a game when they were playing a fighting game like Smash Brothers or Street Fighter for their specific weird setup they have on their controller, Danny goes in the settings, switches all of his controls around for Tony Hawk. We go into the match, and I'm like, you know, I've played this game a lot when I was a kid. I've beaten the story mode enough times to get the secret ending. I've beaten it on the hardest level. I have a character that's, like, maxed out on stats. I thought it'd be an even match. No. On a system Danny had never played it on. Yeah. A game he had not played in several years. He beat me like a slaughter. I did not even come close. It was comical. Like I still did good enough that if I was playing in the story mode of the game, I'd have been fine and won all the levels on my first try. It was hilarious watching me attempt to compete with Danny. Yeah, 
I hate GameCube controllers, which I know is sacrilege, but we made it work. I didn't really do anything crazy, and there's actually, now that, by the way, uh, the Tony Hawk remakes, Tony Hawk 1 and 2 that are out now, play those. Those are amazing. Um, so I can't, I cannot hang with those people. Like, as good as I thought I was back in the day when I was playing all the time, those people are nuts. Like, there's, there's tech now. There's, like, serious, like, tech strategy going on. Um, so it's, there's always a bigger fish, to quote the, the great film episode one. <laughs> With my favorite Star Wars character, Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I mean, it was, um... It's not Obi-Wan Kenobi, it's the other one. It's Qui-Gon Jinn. This is oh, a yeah. weird, weird thing to get sidetracked on. <laughs> What's your favorite prequels quote? We have uh, Lieutenant Tack says they missed Kingdom Hearts, and Kingdom Hearts 3 didn't fill the void. I loved Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. I loved the Game Boy game which is chain of memories i have not played kingdom hearts 3 because i heard it wasn't very good so here's the thing with kingdom hearts um i have beaten kingdom hearts twice um i rebought it for playstation 4 in preparation for kingdom hearts 3 they had like it was like 80 bucks and you got like every single kingdom hearts game and you pre-ordered i think it was like 100 bucks you got to pre-order three as well kingdom hearts one does not hold up uh, there might have to be a five things about games that don't hold up. Like, I loved Kingdom Hearts 1 as well when it came out. And I, I can't play it. Like, it's it's a lot to get through. Which, I, which I'm sure will upset people. But I haven't played 2. I've heard 2 is still pretty good. Alright, uh, Lieutenant Tack says in the chat, I have multiple Excel sheets about Kingdom Hearts 1. Please explain that. Yeah, no. Please I'm, go into a brief detail about that in chat if you can. It doesn't have to be brief. I am willing <laughs> to take all of the time to break down the phrase, I have multiple Excel sheets about Kingdom Hearts 1. What are these sheets for? I know I know. in Kingdom Hearts 2, there was like, you had to kill enough Heartless versus Nobodies in like a certain amount of time and score a certain amount of combos or points or whatever to get all the different levels of the secret transformations you could do is all the Dalmatians, all the treasures, keys allow, and I will post it to chat. Allow. Oh yeah. You beat me to it. <laughs> to do list. It's getting called out in chat now. Oh, that's amazing. That's <laughs> That's uh, that's I mean that's dedication, I, I love it. I need to make more Excel spreadsheets for video games. Do you? No, no. <laughs> but I, I didn't want them to feel like a nerd. I I did I I did all the Dalmatians for Kingdom Hearts. Um, I don't know about the other stuff. I got the I got the secret ending. Nice. I don't know about all the rest of it. I got I got all the Dalmatians, and then I got the secret ending, and I was just like, I didn't need to do all that work for this. Mm. Don't but, don't cry, friend. It's okay. I like to check things off too. It's there's something very satisfying about a game that you love and be you know doing all the things. I've done that in a couple of games. I've done that in Borderlands, the original. Um, I'm sure there are others that are escaping me at this moment, but I mean, I I, I get it. I took notes in Final Fantasy X. I didn't realize that you could. You eventually would just get to read the Albed language. I thought you only like got part of it as you went along. So I cracked that stupid language on a notepad way before I had actually like found all the things to just translate it for you. The Albed primers. Dude, don't even get me started on Final Fantasy X. Final Fantasy X-2, I still need to play. A friend of mine and I were going through Final Fantasy X-2 and trying to get the secret ending where you... I'm not going to spoil that game. It's so much the secret work. ending, and it's impossible. Yeah. It's so it, much The game work. does Dude, not help you at all. You literally have to use sucks. an Excel spreadsheet. It's a bad game. Spoil it. Who cares? But no. Yeah, the, the secret ending is a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, well, the, one of five secret or endings you can get. There's two bad. No, there's one bad, two neutral, two good, then one impossible to get one. Yeah. The, and the impossible to get one is so hard because it doesn't even... You have to get 101% completion, and there are several things you have to do during the course of the game that you have to do out of order from where the game wants you to, like, naturally do them. 
and you have to do several other things that just don't make sense in different missions. Like, you have to look it up to figure out how to do it. There's no way you could do it by yourself. Yeah, Square Enix loves to make you, like, Google how to beat their game. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number two is XCOM 2, which fits. Uh, XCOM 2 is a game where you play the commander, which is this guy who's in charge of a bunch of soldiers who are now guerrilla fighters against an alien invasion. In the original XCOM, uh, the aliens invade, you're the commander, you fight them off, you save the day. You can have these cool mech units that are people where you cut their arms and their legs off and use this weird alien substance called Meld to basically turn them into cyborgs, and they can get in these mech suits it's really cool. Uh, one of my favorite things in the first game they got rid of in the second game. It is the truth that I named a character after General. That character lives on in XCOM 2 to this day. It's, it's one of the best things you can do in XCOM. The, the, well, not the, the, you can do it in the original, original version too, but the XCOM remake, which is Enemy Unknown and Enemy Within in XCOM 2, is you can go in and edit all of the soldiers you have before you start the game and make them look like your friends which is way more fun than just playing the game she does live your character has made it through almost every playthrough i've done which has been several uh characters that almost never make it through playthroughs are my a couple of my friends from college uh elena malott who some of you would know by name, her character almost always whiffs a shot and gets Tony or Drew killed and then ends up also getting killed. Um, I'm trying to think of Tony almost Tony almost always ends up being the hacker type character and then can't hack anything no matter how many times they re-roll. It's, it's very funny because they, they, it's, it's totally random. They just look the same. Uh, but they do play out certain ways. It's very fun. We have to hydrate. Where's my water? out but yeah so i had 290 hours in xcom 2 um i had xcom enemy within on my ps3 and i played through it four times because i played through it before they came out with the dlc twice and then i played through it with the dlc twice and then i bought xcom on my pc as one of the first games i bought when i got a pc because there's a couple of mods for the original xcom remake one of them is called long war where the game takes three times or four times as much time in game to play and you have like four times the amount of soldiers it's a lot of fun it's turn-based strategy i love killing aliens in any way i love aliens just in general i think they're my they're probably my favorite weird cryptid monster uh anything that just kidnaps people to then anally probe them's hilarious why do they do that nobody knows because they like it because they like it. They're just yeah, sick. Like, like, that's it. definitely... Aliens, it. the little gray aliens that come to Earth, they're definitely just on spring break. They're like, we're going to kidnap humans, probe them, and leave them back. Because no one's going to believe you. Just like the kink society like, of outer space. Like, they're, yeah. they just come for fun. Yeah, I've put an ungodly amount of time in this game. And as I mentioned earlier, it's really fun to name the soldiers after your friends and have them fail each other. Uh, in the second game they have bonds where like as, as soldiers work together they form a bond and they can do special things to help each other out like give each other their turn and stuff like that but then also if their bond mate or if somebody that isn't their bond but they've worked with a lot dies they'll go crazy and just like shoot up the aliens and run and put themselves in very bad situations that you would never have told them to go and do yeah. if you ever want to be irrationally angry at your friends for nothing they had control in just play this game and name all your soldiers after them this is the video game equivalent of your girlfriend waking up and being like, I had a dream where you cheated on me. And you're just yeah. like, but I, di I didn't do, I've literally, I've been here the entire time. And they're like, well, what, it's, it felt real to me. <laughs> you cost me an entire mission. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. So the, the, so the story of the first game is the aliens invade, you fight them off. You send a sacrifice, basically. That's a superhuman, like psych a psychic person. There are psi units eventually. In and they like take the aliens big thing they're using to make the portal let themselves travel through time or travel through space and you blow it up but then the person dies um canonically in the game that never happens there's a mission halfway through the first game where they attack your base where more than half of all save files end because people can't beat that mission because what happens is in the game if your soldiers are injured you can't use them in missions but you can then use whatever soldiers you want right and you can also delay going on missions till certain soldiers heal up. 
This mission happens out of the middle of nowhere. The game never lets you know it's going to happen in advance. And it can happen at the least opportune moment, like it did for me when I had had two really bad missions in a row and all of my best characters were injured. And so I got stuck with two characters that were level... There's like four levels in the game for characters, four or six. I got stuck with two characters that were level two and then all rookies. And I just could not survive long enough because eventually your injured characters will come in to fight that off, but they take they take longer to get there the more injured they are. And I just had to redo the game. And evidently that happened so much that in the second game they decided that in that mission, canonically, you fail. They capture you, they hook you up to a computer and use you to run simulations to try to figure out the best way to take over humanity. They succeed. Most of humanity is like, we like the aliens. They cured cancer and we don't have to eat animals anymore. But then some of the people are like, oh, we still hate the aliens. We're going to fight back. We don't know why, but we just don't trust them. And then it turns out that's a good idea because they are basically slaughtering people in mass if they go to like the thing to get their cancer cured and they decide that you're like desirable, they dip you in acid basically to pull your DNA out because the head aliens are trying to use humanity to make like new vessels for themselves to inhabit because they are slowly dying out. And their end goal is to enslave humanity just like they did all the other alien races they've come across. And so you like guerrilla fight in the cities and you eventually r release all this information to the public and they start to overthrow the aliens it's great and now you don't have to play the game yeah well you should still play it because a lot of it's in the gameplay the storyline's kind of meh, just there alright it's time for number one I think number one number one it's fun to do it is so... It's fun to listen to. Yeah, number one is Final Fantasy. Specifically yeah, 7 through 10. Uh, fun fact, I didn't have to put this together. I believe these are mouse pads. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this is all one image. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, most of the friends that I made when I was in like grade school were made on the back of Final Fantasy. So, like, I owe... like my social life to these games which is a really weird thing to say about the final fantasy uh, franchise but technically true for me probably not true for many other people um yeah i played through final fantasy 8 uh with with a friend in like fifth grade uh trying to figure out the junction system when you're like 11 is super hard uh it took us a minute to get there um i've played through i've been final fantasy 7 the original are like two like two and a half playthroughs probably but my second playthrough was like 80 hours on its own because i did like everything and i grinded up to like i was gonna grind to max level and i just got to a point where i was like i'm just gonna go win we can just be done here i don't have to keep doing this um and then final fantasy 9 i've actually never beaten final fantasy 9 because my disc 3 is corrupted i have played what? that being said i have played through the first half of that game multiple times um, I need to just buy it on, like, Switch or something. Um, and then Final Fantasy X, obviously, I've beaten that multiple times. I played that with my friends a ton. We got, like, halfway through it at the marathon we did a few years ago. You can honestly, if you have it on Steam, because you can, like, just make yourself invincible and then, like, crank up the game speed, you can beat this game in, like, eight hours. Uh, it's not really the same experience, obviously. But uh, you can do it. And I mean, like, let's be honest, if you're playing Final Fantasy X, you're playing for the cutscenes anyway. Like, nobody's sitting here going, like, man, I really want to hit the attack button over and over again so I can kill, like, nine million bombs to get into, like, the monster arena or whatever. Yeah. Man, getting the ultimate weapons, which aren't called ultimate weapons in Final Fantasy X, I can't remember what they call them. Oh, now I'm but thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like spirit weapons or something are is awful, especially the one... Uh, I think it's Luna, not Luna, it's Lulu's, where you have to go to the Thunder Realm and just dodge lightning a hundred times in a row. Yeah. And you can't cheat the system. You can't, like, save and then go back. It restarts anytime you get hit or anytime you exit the area or anytime you save. You have to do a hundred in a row, no stop. There is no way to cheat it, even on Steam or on a modern platform. So here's They the specifically thing. coded it so that you can't cheat it on modern, modern consoles. That let you, like, pause the game and go to a home menu. That is not the hardest. Uh, I think it's lunar weapons. It's like you have to get both, like uh, the celestial, yes. celestial weapons. Um, that is not the hardest challenge. The hardest challenge, and this is I am on the Final Fantasy subreddit, and it 
it is a post every week from somebody who's trying to accomplish this. You have to get a score of zero or negative less less than one second on, on the Chocobo, Chocobo racing. I never have trouble doing that one. Really? Yeah, I've done it every time I've tried in under an hour of gameplay. It is like a meme at this point of people who like post screenshots of having like a one second time on that because they missed like a balloon. Like between that and getting the like 300 jumps in Final Fantasy Nine at the, the VV jump rope game. Which I don't even know if that gets you. I forget what you get for that. I or like, no uh, I think I, it might just be an achievement. There's like a Steam achievement if you do an absurd amount of jumps. And it's like an hour into the game when you take over as VV as well. So it's like you haven't even been playing for that long. And then you're going to spend six hours trying to play jump rope. But I mean, it's it's whatever. I played so much submarine game in Final Fantasy VII to get Omni Slash. It's like not even funny. The way you get Omni Slash is you get a turbo controller and a rubber band and you play the arm <laughs> wrestling game and you just have it just win and you go to bed. Um, I I instead just played the submarine game forever uh, and got enough points at the, uh, the Golden Saucer. But yeah, I have probably combined... Oh, gee, like, like all, probably, probably close to a thousand hours on all these games between like all the playthroughs, uh, between the Final Fantasy games that aren't listed here. I've beaten six, I've beaten seven remake. I play 14. It's not really a game you can beat. It's an MMO. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just so much. Uh, so yeah, this is by far TF2 probably has the most like true like in-game hours, but a lot of those hours are like me sitting in servers or just like jumping around, like practicing or doing whatever. This is for sure the franchise slash games that I have just like played, played the most by far out of anything. Yeah, I have no idea how many hours I have Final Fantasy because I remember playing Final Fantasy X and I didn't know how to read like when it first came out and playing it up to the point where you're on the, the ship and you get attacked by the you get attacked by the bird monster, and I never could beat that thing. And I now own Final Fantasy X. My uncle had it at PS on PS2 at that point. I now own it on Nintendo Switch. I owned it on PS3. I own it. I own it on PS Vita, and I own it on PC. So four different copies of this game. I've never played, beaten it. I've played. I, I've beaten it. Oh, I've, oh, okay. I've beaten Final Fantasy X a couple times. Uh, I've never beaten it all the way because getting the Ulta, the the spirit weapons or whatever we decided, celestial weapons is such a pain in the ass. It's not um, worth it. By the time you get them, I grinded for the Magus sisters like an idiot, <laughs> which is like the hardest summon to get in the game. You have to go through this crazy like trial to get them, and by the time you get them, it's just like, what is the? They're point? not worth it. Yeah, you are so strong right now. I feel the yeah. same way about God of War and beating all the Valkyries. It's like by the time we get to the end of this, who is left for me to murder with all of this cool gear I have? Yeah, I've played, let's see. I've played Final Fantasy 1 because I had to for a class I took in college called Video Games Are and Culture. It's not very good. No, oh, it's not. Curious. I've played Final Fantasy 4, which was Final Fantasy 2 in the US, but they remade it for the DS, and it's an excellent remake. I've played six because that's on the Super Nintendo Classic they re-released recently. I've obviously played seven. Who hasn't? Uh, I've played eight but never beaten it. I've played nine and beaten it. That was my favorite one growing up. Um, Final Fantasy X is probably my, is one of my favorites. I've never played eleven, although I own it. Or no, I've never I've never played eleven. I own twelve but haven't played it. I've played thirteen with lightning. Uh, it's just it's an ungodly amount of hours. But yeah, we'll move on. Yeah, I fell off on those. I didn't play 12. I didn't play 13. I play 14 now. I want to play 12 for the Switch. I have a physical copy of it. I'll let you borrow it. I've heard the Zodiac Age is like fixes a lot of the issues that people had. Um, So that might be worth... Oh, uh, Lieutenant Jack, uh, your first love was Cloud. I mean... Mine was Sephiroth. Yeah, it just really depends on like the body type you're into, I suppose. I had a huge crush on Yuna, actually. So, fucking weeb. <laughs> That's my number one. My number one is the one and the only Fallout New Vegas. 
It had to be on someone's list. I'm surprised it honestly wasn't on Danny's. By Steam alone. Never played this game. That blows my mind. I haven't played a lot of Fallout. You should play New Vegas at some point. Uh, on Steam alone, it says I have a 125 hours. That is not true, because this is another game that I bought on my old crappy laptop I got as a junior in high school to play specifically, because even that crappy laptop that had like the cheapest... It, it, I don't think it even had a graphics card. It did not. It had an AMD Quad 4 Bulldozer processor, but the game at that point was still like seven or eight years old, five, six years old maybe. And so you had you could still just play it on a computer that didn't have a separate separate graphics card. And I installed like several mods. It was the first time I ever installed mods. My girlfriend in college, um, when I was installing a lot of these mods onto the game on my crappy PC, said that I spent more time modding the game than I did playing it, which is fair. Uh, but all of most of the time I spent playing the game was offline because I would play it on my laptop with a controller plugged into it because I didn't have a uh, mouse pad and a controller at the time or mouse pad and a uh, or mouse and keyboard at the time to hook up to the laptop. I played it at my father's when I would bring the laptop with me down there when I was in high school. I also had several 60-hour games on my PS3 because the fun fact about the PS3 architecture in both Skyrim and Fallout New Vegas, eventually the way like the way the save games work is if you move an item, it marks where that item is with like an XY coordinate, XYZ coordinate or whatever. And if you open a door, it also marks that which is how the game tracks where everything's at basically and the save file would eventually get so big that the ps3 architecture just couldn't load the file anymore and if you tried to load into the regular game it would just crash because it loaded all of those instances no matter where you were in the game if you were in the overworld for the entire section of the game you were in and so it would load all of that and it would also load everything where you visited beforehand and where you were in the quest lines and your different factions and it would just crash the ps3 uh, the way you get around that nowadays is the first mod you download playing on a modern system is you switch it from a 32-bit to a 64-bit process and you do a 4-gigabyte extension because the game's max, the max amount of data you could store on a file like that was 4 gigabytes and there's now a version, or maybe it was like 1 gigabyte, but they up, they've upped it via mod to 4 gigabytes. And so on Steam, it says I have 125 hours. I know for a fact I have like probably... 200 hours on my old ps3 that i got rid of a long time ago and i would vouch that on my pcs i've played it for about 300 hours if you count the series fallout 4 is right below new vegas with 90 hours i don't even like that game very much and i have also played fallout 3 on ps3 and pc and i've played fallouts 1 and 2 and tactics and the wasteland series which is you know fallout was a spin-off of wasteland so i would say all told, I have to have a thousand hours in this series of games. I like it so much that once again, we have a fun picture of me doing a cosplay. <laughs> we'll see if it'll pop up. Yeah, this is uh, a little bit more subdued than your other yeah. cosplay, I feel. Oh, hey, thanks for the sub. Yeah, thanks a lot. But yeah, so this is my cosplay from Gen Con 2014. Yes, 2014. Uh, I went as Ulysses, which is a character from the Lonesome Road. Uh, I'm going to puberty. Uh, the Lonesome Road DLC. Yeah, that's my real hair in dreadlocks. I had hair that went about to my shoulder blades, and my aunt spent like seven or eight hours using wax to put it into dreadlocks because this character has dreadlocks because, fun fact, this character is a black man, uh, which I didn't know at the time. So hold your judgments but also he's from a tribe of people where they all have dreadlocks so it's less bad i think uh but he is in like full body armor in all but one scene where you can see his arms and fallout new vegas has really bad renderings for skin color you just can't tell anything about anybody really if you've ever played it and he's also wearing a full mask on his face the whole time so you can't see any part of his eyes the bands you see going across the back of my head are a like painter's mask that he wears um, oh. But I painted that jacket myself. I cut the sleeves off of it. I made his weapon, which is a flagpole with a big eagle on it. Problematic? Accidentally. Yeah. Um, I, I bought bandoliers that go across the chest, but you can't see it. And then I still I have a jean jacket that I've painted that symbol on uh, that I still wear to this day because the symbol is also a co-opted symbol of uh, American anarchy. 
which is another thing the character kind of stands for, sort of. He stands for a lot of things, but at the end of the, his goal at the at the game that you can either convince him to do, stop him from doing, or help him do, is he sends nuclear bombs to destroy both of the current powers in the United States and just decimating them entirely, which is almost always what I do because I hate both of them pretty evenly in the game. Yes. In the game, FBI in the game. watching me right now. Hey, I, I know there's there's four of you watching right now, and one of you is FBI Steve in the game. All right. Hey, shout out to FBI Steve. How's your, how's your wife doing? I'm watching you too, buddy. We're, we're on the same side here. Um, all right. Well, that has been five things, uh, five games we spent way too much time playing. Thank you for watching. Uh, this will be up on YouTube. You can see all of our old episodes on YouTube. They're going to be on Spotify soon, I think. Soon. Uh, depending on how basically this week goes for us. Uh, but yeah, every Monday at 830. Um, I'll be on here Wednesday just playing some games, doing community stuff. And then Friday we've got uh, Delta Green. You can check out some live role playing as well. Thanks. Yep. Thanks again, everybody, for checking in. Appreciate it. Appreciate the follow from Lieutenant Tack. Indeed. Have a great one. Hey, ladies. Thank hey. you for enjoying our podcast. I really appreciate you being out here tonight. <laughs> <laughs>